Welcome to the Lean Health Tech Podcast, where industry professionals discuss trends and topics where efficiency, healthcare, and technology meet. My name is Taryn Shipley, and I'm your host. Our guest speaker today is Dr. Dana Obos, who has over 30 years of healthcare experience. Her roles have included Chief Nursing Officer, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Quality Officer, and other leadership roles in organizations like LifePoint Health, Capella Healthcare, Kaiser Permanente, Community Health Systems, and more. Thanks for joining us, Dana. Thanks for having me, Taryn. Today's topic is the anatomy of an initiative. Dana, you've spearheaded large initiatives in many healthcare organizations over the years. Today, I'd like to talk about some of the most memorable. So what are the top three projects or initiatives that stick out in your mind as being successful? Well, I think the first one that really came to mind is about decreasing or eliminating narcotics in post-op orthopedic patients. You know, there's this huge push to decrease narcotics because we've had this pandemic really of narcotic overdose, unintentional narcotic overdose. And then decreasing those post-operatively just became an imperative in, in the healthcare arena. And so I think one of the things that made that most successful in this particular setting was a group of very engaged physicians that we had, a group of Uh, like-minded orthopedic surgeons who participated with us in the anesthesia department, the nursing department, the therapy department. So it was very collaborative and multidisciplinary. And I think those things made it very successful to see that we were able to come together as a group under that common goal to decrease the narcotics in that patient population. And then we went on at that particular facility to seek accreditation uh, and certification for post-op joint replacement patients through the Joint Commission. And this was one of the measurable improvements that they were most excited about for us at that specific hospital. How did you monitor metrics for improvement here? Did you use the opioid registry in EPIC in your EHR? We did not have EPIC at that particular hospital. We created a a spreadsheet that we kept up with all of our metrics and the Joint Commission requires you to monitor certain metrics uh, when you go for certifications such as that. Uh, So one of those metrics, of course, was post-op narcotic use. Uh, We also measured time length of stay in the hospital because If you have early mobilization in that type of patient, um, then your length of stay can decrease. And then also post-operative, post-acute care types of settings. And the goal also is to decrease use of rehabilitation type of a facility for that type of population in total joints, unless the patient really, really needs it. And so those are the types of metrics that we measured And we did collect some of the data through our EHR and then populated it, of course, into the Joint Commission website. After having success reducing narcotic use patients, did you take that same model and apply it to other populations for inpatient stays? Absolutely. That is something that I've tried to spread throughout every organization that that I've gone to and worked very collaboratively with leaders in the pharmacy world, uh, at the corporate office. Uh, and then spreading that out through each hospital to try to decrease 
post-operative narcotics in every patient population. I just think we were very successful very quickly at this one particular hospital that I was mentioning with the orthopedic population. And I think that success was driven a lot because we had that very engaged orthopedic group uh, who were also very aligned with the anesthesiologist, who were also very aligned with our administrative team and our focus to do the right thing there. It was just a huge collaborative effort that I think made it very successful at that. That's a big win. I know a lot of organizations are focused on similar initiatives with reducing chronic opioid use. Right. Are there projects or initiatives that stick out in your mind as being unsuccessful? One of the projects that sticks out in my mind for being unsuccessful had to do with optimizing length of stay. Um, And length of stay is just, it's huge. I mean, and there are multiple variables involved in patient length of stay. And so this particular one that I'm thinking about became overly complicated with people who perhaps did not understand all of the components that go into length of stay initiatives. And in my opinion, it just became overly complicated and more of a an academic exercise of putting something on paper rather than what happens in real life. And one of the things that I like to talk about there is we need to get the front line and the people who actually do the work involved in these types of initiatives. And I don't think that that was done very well in this particular example that I'm thinking of. I think your particular example happens all over the country with healthcare organizations, because I've been a part of a length of stay initiative as well, where it was a lot of leadership meetings, but operationalizing the changes that we wanted to go into effect weren't happening. So we really weren't seeing a reduction in length of stay. And it's kind of disheartening to measure length of stay and not see any traction or movement in the metric. Because like you said, it's length of stay is huge. It's comprised of thousands of smaller processes that we really need to break it down and look at some smaller metrics and have more attainable goals, right? If we think about SMART goals, the A in SMART is attainable. If we just say our goal is to reduce length of stay, where do you start? It's like boiling the ocean. Exactly. And if you don't involve those frontline people who actually have the impact, it's it's very hard to get any traction there because it almost feels like, you know, it's an executive hierarchy project that gets pushed down instead Mm -hmm. of pushed up from where the work happens. How can organizations be proactive and mitigate some of the issues that might lead to an unsuccessful initiative? I think proactive is is the key word there. I think we have to do our homework, study the people uh, who were involved in the particular issue that we're talking about, and you know what is map out the process. Have we asked for input from all of the key stakeholders? Do we have the right people in place? Do we have the source of truth for the data? I think the key there is just really having the homework and having studied it first. That's a great point. And I keep coming back. Well, we keep coming back to it's the people. Are the Mm -hmm. people, are the right people involved? Are the right people communicating and on the same page? Is everyone on board with the goal here? Do we have buy-in from those frontline folks? So 
how did you select which people to be involved in a project? Because it seems like everyone wants to help in some capacity. I know having a group that's too large can cause issues because getting agreement with 20 people is much more difficult than it is five or 10. Right. At the same time, more brains, more brainstorming, more ideas brought to the table. So how do you find that balance between let's involve everyone versus let's involve five people? How do you get the right people? Right. And to your point about the size of the group, sometimes it does take a lot of brain power, a lot of people to pull off certain projects, but maybe you need sub teams. Maybe there are people with certain skill sets who need to work together in a sub team and then come back together to share information and then break off again. So bite it into segments and then, uh, you know, work in sub teams on those things. But the people pillar, I think, is just one of the most important, because if you don't have the right people with the right skill set doing the right things, I've seen it time and time again, just take enormously too long or projects fail because we don't have the right people in place. And so I think it's it's always important to look at the skills of the individual, their interests as well, uh, just because someone is a, a great clinician, for an example, doesn't mean that they're going to be the right leader uh, for a group of people trying to make a substantive change. We need to have people skilled in change management if we're going to make significant progress on initiatives that are brand new, for example. So I think it's really looking at what the skill set, what their passions are before we start just picking people to do various projects. So the people is definitely a, a pattern across projects dictating success or failure. Have you noticed any other patterns across entire organizations or projects that can dictate that success or failure, like company culture is a big one? It it really is. And I think part of that culture, too, is trust and collaboration and respect for other disciplines. And when that is missing, I think a lot of things don't go very well in those types of organizations. And when we don't trust people to delegate certain tasks, then things tend to fall apart as well. When we don't put the the right frontline people in place to help us with these teams, I think projects and initiatives tend to take a lot longer than they need to as well. And then some people just have a hard time executing. We can have all the plans that we want, but if we don't have people who are feel empowered or that don't have the skill set to really operationalize strategic plans, then that that's a huge problem because you can plan all all that you want, but until you execute it, you, you can't see the results. And I think another underlying pattern for everything you just mentioned is communication. Are we communicating that we trust each other? Are we communicating that I'm delegating this initiative or this task to you? Are you communicating to me the barriers? Do you agree that communication is kind of an underlying theme that really needs to be rock solid for these large initiatives? Oh my goodness, yes. And you can't communicate enough. You know, you can say it and you need to write it. You need to have it in an email or a booklet or something so that we can go back and reference it because we all have so many things on our our plates and in our minds at any given moment. So 
but just saying it once and saying, well, I told them is, is never good enough. Um, and the, the other thing about communication that I think is extremely important is follow up. Because if you don't follow up, you can't verify that things have been completed or that people understand what they're supposed to be doing. So I think follow up for me uh, has also been another key success factor in seeing things through. What advice do you have for other healthcare leaders embarking on starting a new project or initiative? I would say going back to our communication points a, a couple of seconds ago, People need to understand the why in the change. No one really embraces change. It's like, yes, let's just go change everything today, especially in healthcare. And so if, if, if they don't know why that we're working on something or why we're putting out a new initiative, it's harder for them to get behind it and buy in. The other advice I would always give is involve the people doing the work, because one of the things that I learned, especially in my studies, and that I brought up even in my dissertation was how work as imagined is completely different than work as done. And what I mean by that is we, me, you can create a policy on something, but unless we actually do the work and test out that policy or that procedure with people actually doing it, then it's just as we imagine it. It's not as it gets done every day. And so I think involving the frontline staff is critical to success of any project or initiative. Thanks for sharing your insight around the anatomy of an initiative. This concludes today's Lean Health Tech podcast. If you're a listener and would like to hear a certain topic covered in future episodes, please let me know by leaving a review or comment. Thanks for joining and be sure to check out the next episode.